Kaboom! Good evening, everybody at Santa Cruz Waves. Good evening to everybody tuning in on the live podcast, the live feed, the YouTube channel, wherever you are. Welcome to another great Off the Lip radio show. Show numbers, what we say? Uh, we said 640-something. So it's show 640-something. When you get over 600, you, yeah, we're just like going to make it up at this point. Um, but again, everybody tuning in on Santa Cruz Waves, welcome to the show. Tonight, back for um, a, a kind of an annual appearance, yeah. a veteran of the off-lip radio show, Dr. Hetzler's back. Doug, you are the number one surfer's ear doctor on the planet. Can I call you that? I, you can call me whatever you want, I guess. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to make that claim myself. I don't know what they're doing in South Africa or Australia, but uh, I think well, California is probably well, true. Can we just back up? Didn't you sure. teach those dudes how to do it? Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> let's back up. we got the number one surfer's ear doctor on the planet here tonight. He's very humble um, and very modest. But uh, if you have ever experienced uh, hearing loss, uh, a bad earache, a clogged ear from salt water, um, maybe you want to have your ears checked because surfer's ear, can we call it a, is it, is it growing or is business booming? Well, it seems like there's more bone being grown in Monterey Bay on a daily basis than we're harvesting. <laughs> so I think, I think we are losing ground. <laughs> I mean, so they're, they're, every day I'm in my clinic, I'm seeing a couple guys that probably need surgery and, uh, who knows how many other people are out there. Job so we talked, we, we talked about it at the, we when we have a pregame, pre uh, pre yes. uh, cocktail. We said, you know, that should be, that should be, all, but all these brand new, all these new surfers, right? We have, you know, Billabong, we have Buell, we have O'Neill, mm -hmm. and then we should have a deck to Hessler. <laughs> Just come down here to the end of 41st. Yeah. Uh, you, 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 you should have your own package. All right. On your way to the ocean. You should well, have you your really own surgical that? center. Well, they do that. You know how they do the hot stamp on the surfboards? You know, yeah. this Buell or yeah. Catch Surf? Yeah. There should be a Dr. Hetzler and a phone number. Because. I'm still trying to figure out some way I could go out in the water and examine ears if I had some waterproof device that I could take well, out in the water. Each, year, each time you come on the show, you got new shit. Right? Yeah, you I got, got some new technology. Right? New here. technology. Yeah. Right? So I'm sure in that down the road here, you're going to have something where you're going to. Just, you know, take your iPhone or your iWatch and stick up against yeah. somebody's ear. Yeah. And can, can you get a Wi-Fi signal out there anywhere, do you think? Uh, yeah, I'm sure you could. On the water? You could riches, right? Okay. Yeah, I'm sure you could. Great. Well, no. <laughs> going back to businesses booming, okay. um, you're seeing an increase here in Monterey Bay. You're, or it, well, we're seeing an increase of surfing on Monterey Bay. Yeah. Is that affecting the increase you're seeing on your end? Well, I think, you know, for the average person, it takes a lot of hours for this to really become a problem. So if you have somebody who's got a newbie, it's like, oh, COVID hit. I'm going to go become a surfer. I got free time. Those people are probably not going to have a problem unless they've been at it for 10 years and, you know, really spent a lot of time in the water. So right. it's not an immediate thing. But the water's been really cold lately, too. I mean, ex exceptionally yeah. cold Windy. lately. That helps. Yeah, cold. Is, I mean, this comes on over thousands of hours. So I think if somebody takes up the sport brand new and is at it avidly for maybe 10 years, they might start seeing some issues with bone closure. So it, takes that, it, take, does, it does take that long. I've heard the number 3,000 hours of exposure to water cooled in 68 degrees. Somebody in one of the papers said something like that. Kay. Wow. So I think for, the, you know, for a lot of people, it would be 10 years if you're really in the water a lot yeah. uh, for it to be a problem. But there's, so also, there's also individual variations. Some people are bone formers and some people aren't. I, I seem to not hear a lot of uh, preventative talk about this. I mean, we're, you're here to you know educate our viewers and listeners yeah. that surfer's ear is a real thing. If you put in uh, uh, years of surfing, you have a great chance of getting it. How can people watching who are the COVID newbies, what can they do to not be a patient of yours? The main thing is to do the best you can to keep the, well, let me put it this way. If you never fell off your surfboard, that'd be one option. I don't think anybody can guarantee that. Right. Um, or plug. duck dive. Yeah. Um, you know, it's interesting, you know, there's going to be a, let me just go segue yeah, into this. There's okay. going to be the 30th anniversary of the surfer statue on Monday at 10 o'clock. And I think they're going to have a couple of the guys down there from the old Santa Cruz uh, Surf Club that Kate were surfing Silver. in the 40s. Well, I mean, I'm talking about, like, Harry Mayo. Oh, I yeah, mean, these guys in their 90s, yeah, I think. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I actually had a chance to look in their ears. And these guys were back in the day when they are like, 12-foot long boards. And I imagine they went to Cowles, took a couple of rides, right. didn't get too wet, and then went to the beach and sat by the fire. Right. And in there, they really don't have much bone growth. So when the wetsuit came along, people are duck diving, and the cold water gets in there. 
so people starting out surfing don't necessarily have pain in their ears or anything that would draw attention to their ears. But the surf shops are selling earplugs. Uh, Robert Scott, who's in this community, you know, developed OxPro plugs. He's been trying to get that message home to people for decades. And uh, there's, you know, new plugs have come along, things evolve, and there's lots of options out there. So, um, but one of the challenges, too, is people can't see in their own ears. And that's where we talk about uh, some of these scopes that I brought along today, and we'll demonstrate those in a little while. Because if you can't see your own ears, you don't know what's going on in there, right, if you're right. developing a bone or not. And I guess that's something, like you were saying, on Amazon, there's uh, tools that you could USB plug-in or a Wi-Fi-capable tool you can yeah. put in your ear and actually see the bone growth. Yes. And... Um, so should they be terrified and come see you if there's some balls of bone in their ear? No, I think, I mean, the f usually the first symptom of problems is water getting stuck in there. I mean, some people will tell me they can't take a shower without having water get stuck in their ear for a week. That's a pretty good indication you've got a lot of bone growth closing things off. I'm can totally guilty. Can we that. talk about TC's ear for a minute? Because sure. <laughs> <laughs> I, I get because one drop. For years now, you, you've, been, you've been to us uh, on a show yeah. like six or seven years, yeah. and you keep dragging him down to the, your, you're dragging okay, him down you're your office. Getting the wax out, cleaning him out. Yeah. You're pulling out Volkswagens out, from <laughs> butt, right out of his ear. I mean, he, what's, he's not surfing anymore, though. My but ear's shot. It, but yeah. Okay. Does he? Can should we see? Should we do the exam right now? Yes, okay. I think it's okay. <laughs> Let's just get it over and done. Get you it guys over with. Talk, yeah. talk amongst yourselves while I'm setting okay. this up. Yeah, no and we're not. And for those of you at home, we're not. But you know, we we are not responsible if you decide to throw up from. See. From what's in my ear? <laughs> well, you know what's interesting is um uh, 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 the, the doc's amazing. I mean, honestly, we've had him on the show multiple times. Yeah. There's been times where he was like, "We literally have to go to my office right now, TC." Right. Your ear is. Crap. Well, we didn't do it this year because because of COVID. But usually, right. we normally have people come down here for a free year because mm -hmm. he's offered free right. uh, surface ear checks. And just for and people watching, my ear is so bad. When I side plank in yoga, one drop goes in there. Right. You can't hear. You can't hear. One yeah. drop. You got a problem. Yeah. That's and so when life gets to that point, like I can't. And this, what you just said about the shower. That's yeah. Me. So what I'm going to do, Doc, is uh, you're going to talk to you. So you know, I'm going to get this. Folks, if you throw up when you see my ear, I, you cannot blame me. <laughs> so let's see, let's see if you can set it up so I can see it too. So I see what I'm okay. Doing. Okay, so is that showing up on the screen there? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. that's great. Okay, so what we're using here, this is a... Try and use that microphone, dog. If you, can, oh, yeah. if you can use the microphone, it'd be great. This is a USB um, ear camera you can buy on Amazon for less than $20. So if you search on Amazon USB ear camera, you'll find pages of stuff. Um, but anyway, it just plugs into USB. It can be used on Macs. can be used on PCs. A couple years ago, I actually made some YouTube videos how to use these things. So if you search Doug Hetzler on YouTube, you can find these things. And it shows how to use it on Macs, which you don't need any special software. You just use QuickTime Player. On PCs, there's some free software software you can download to make okay. it usable. Um, but anybody could have this at home and look in their own ears. It's, I mean, it's just a magnifier. You can look at anything. You look right. at your skin. You can look at what's behind your refrigerator, any place you want to put this camera. Uh, but anyway, let's see if we can see what TC's ears look like Woo! here. Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Very exciting. This might be rated R, just saying. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we got to get through the fur, which, oh, look at that. There's, oh, that's gross. Oh, man. Wait a second. Let me get the okay. right side up here. So. All right, well. There we go. There, there we go. All I see is wax and hair. It's not a pretty picture. Well. Oh my goodness! I'm dying. Oh, okay, that's it. That's, okay, that's those, those are the bone. Those are the bone growths of surfer's ear. So when cold water hits uh, that ear skin, which is very, very thin, it's paper thin, um, over thousands of hours, those are the things that grow. So we don't are see much of the ear growth. They're actually almost touching now, Doc. Yep. I think it's growing. Yeah. Is, is he a candidate for surgery? Whatever you want. Man, let's see what the other one looks like. Is that a yes? Yeah, I think that was. A <laughs> it should have been years ago. Yeah. You know, and now we're doing the left here, right, Doc? Yeah. And uh, okay. this has been going on with me for like I know. 30 so years. I've known you come here, really. Well, when I was like 19 um, at contest, Doc Scott used to show up and he would do his ears. And at one point, he looked in my ear and he said, TC, you're a poster child. Okay, so that right there, that's Doc. That's wax down there. That's, that's black wax. Is that like petrified wax in there? Oh, that's uh, disgusting. That is. Been there. <laughs> we can see a little bit of that gray eardrum. Oh, that's my eardrum. Yes, yeah, so you got to Neil, see my eardrum back, back there? Yeah, There's right the there. eardrum right there. Dude, so that's where so sound's getting through there just fine. But uh, That's my good ear. Yeah, so that's where the sound's getting through okay. But you got that wax mean, on what, the bottom. What's the, what's the, like, good? What's the percentage of good? Is it 20% like 
Oh, you mean scale of one to ten? Good. Is that how bad? How good is that? Well, I usually try to like make a guess estimate. You know, how much closure is there on something like this? And I'd say that's maybe seventy percent of the overall space. Should we so show a good-looking ear? Yeah. Okay. Okay. We'll use mine. <laughs> Thanks, Doc. <laughs> so. You're being compared to the guru. Well, I mean, I there has been no. It's gotten worse since I think in the last couple of years it's got worse. Yeah. Um, my right ear, which is interesting, um, I was told, Doc, maybe it's wrong, but you know, we sit here, uh, surfing, looking at the horizon, and this ear was constantly with the prevailing winds. Yeah. And, yeah. and I was told that that's right side yeah. And so my right ear has always been the worst ear. That's a factor. I mean, no question. I mean, because you've got you know the wet ears and then the evaporative cooling of the wind blowing past there, so that'll add to the chilling effect. Right. So that's a known phenomenon. So we're going to try to find a more normal-looking ear in this group. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to my life. Doc, <laughs> <laughs> what you been here for five years? You can do the joke. So I've got a little knob there. Oh, okay. That's from open water swimming. I haven't, I'm not enough of a surfer to have uh, gotten any growth from that, but that's a little knob from open water swimming because I've done triathlons and uh, stuff. How did you know that? How does it, does it say? It? Uh, How did you know that? How do I know that's what it's from? Yeah. Because that's the main thing I've done in cold water. Oh, okay. Yeah, I used to do triathlons and, is it, and stuff. Is that the top of your ear? Is yeah, that that's the top of the ear canal. And is no. that normal to have it start at the top like that? Uh, you can see all variations. You see all different things you happening in people. He's got a much better looking ear than you do. No, his ear's amazing. <laughs> that's like a 10. <laughs> <laughs> my ear? Your ear looks like something Yeah. Well, my, my ear wins the ugliest car contest at the <laughs> fair, you know, and they're like, bring your ugliest car out. Yeah, I get it. So then we're going to get Okay. So the latest thing I brought along, this is a Wi-Fi based thing. Again, these are, I don't know, maybe 30 bucks or something. And again, you'll find it when you look for USB cameras on Amazon. And so this has the LEDs. And then this will talk to my phone. And so we can do images on the phone. Let me get this going here. Neil, that's, that's, uh, while he's working on that, you had your ears I had both my ears, uh, yeah. chiseled by the doc. Yeah. And how are you feeling? Are you good? I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm good. I can hear. But I think I think last year you said Neil, the phone's growing back. It's growing back. I'm not, I'm not using. I, I did use a hood this this winter, but I didn't, didn't, didn't I didn't use my earplugs. But you are like the only guy out here that doesn't even wear a wetsuit. You know, know it's like yeah, wetsuit, right. So no 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 surprise that yours is growing we're back. Gonna, we're gonna have to take a look. Well, can we take a look at his we'll after? Look at his yeah, face. let's see if yours is growing back because how many times have you done it? The surgery twice to a surfer. So I've done about 1,700 people. I've had to go back and do a second operation about 5% of the time, I think. Right. And some of those people tell me they're not going to wear plugs, they don't want to wear plugs, and so they're letting cold water in. Other people. Um, yeah, some people say they're not going to wear plugs, they don't like wearing plugs, they'd rather have a second surgery than wear plugs. Um, other people claim to be wearing plugs, and it grows in spite of that. And that's one phenomenon we know is the surgery doesn't end the growth process. There was a study they did in England who were uh, people who were swimmers in the North Sea, grew bone, closed off, had surgery. Some of these people did not go back to swimming in the North Sea afterwards, followed them over 10 years. Some of those people closed off their ear canal 50% with a new bone growth. Hmm. So that can happen. But there's so much individual variation. I mean, you could have two people doing every session together. One person um, right. grows a lot of bone, closes off, one person doesn't. Or occasionally we see people where one ear is totally closed and one ear is totally open. That's real unusual. Right. I mean, more typically the two ears are pretty similar. Right. So we just don't understand all the ins all the nuance of, of what goes on in there. And but another thing, I had surgery. And you're pretty much just down for a weekend. You're out. You're just, just yeah, getting over the anesthesia and then anesthesia yeah, kind of plugged up with blood clot for a while. But then you're gonna go back. You, it, is it very? Does it vary per person? Uh, per person uh, how soon they can they can be back in the water? What I usually say is three to four weeks. Okay. That's pretty typical. I mean, so I'm see when I'm doing all the local care here, usually see people five, seven days after the surgery, get the blood clots out because blood clots will form and that'll plug up the hearing. And then kind of like dry crust will form almost like a shellac along the skin, get that stuff out another week later. And usually around three weeks, four weeks, the skin now looks good. Now's the time you're on surgery before the, you know, during the summer lull. Right. So yeah. And that's when you go yeah. in with your micro grabbers and you grab that stuff and pull it out? Yeah. So the, the bone in there grows in layers. So it's kind of like working on a crystal, like working on wood grain. So I've got these little one millimeter chisels that help us kind of liberate the bone. And we have these little uh, things, they're called alligators. Except in South Africa and Australia, they're called crocodiles. Mm, okay. And it's, it's a little micro tool. I should have brought one along. It's just this little micro tool. It's got a little pincher at the end. It's very small. It's just uh, go in there and grab things and be very precise. But before, before we talked about this before on the previous show, but before, the surgery was very painful, wasn't it? 
Well, still the most common technique worldwide yeah. to do this operation is to make a cut behind the ear, peel the ear forward, peel the skin out of the ear canal, ream it out with a drill, put everything back, put a bunch of packing in the ear, leave it for potentially several horrible. weeks. Ugh. And I probably, I think about 10% of the people I operate on have had that done. Bone regrew, and then they found their way to me to have m me do the technique I use. Did, did, you, did you use that technology originally? So I, I first came to Santa Cruz in 1988, and when I first came here and was seeing people, I used a drilling technique. I didn't make the cut behind, but there's a way you can make a cut here to enlarge the ear canal and work down the ear canal, um, because that's all I knew how to do. That's all I'd ever been taught to do, and that's yeah. what I had an awareness of. Um, but my concern was the noise of the drill, and we were seeing people who were having noise-induced hearing loss because of the noise of the drill. So trying to find a different way to do it, did a little research, talked to some different people around the world, and then kind of evolved our own thing. So hmm. when, when, when did you come up with the idea of making your own tools? Well, so so this is um, 1997, 19, 1998, a lot yeah. of this was happening, and um, let me give some kudos to Wayne Robinson, who was a surgical technician that worked with me at Sutter, and uh, he had talked to some of the equipment manufacturers. The stock item they had was a two millimeter chisel. We said that's not narrow enough, you gotta have one millimeter. So he t worked with them and they narrowed it down to one millimeter. They also made a little curved one, and I'm sorry I didn't bring those along, we could have shown them on the show. Um, but those are very, very important in terms of doing it. You just got to have the right tools because right. it's a it small space. It makes sense, though. You just chisel, you're just basically chi chipping away the Yeah. The and do you, do, you, do you chip the skin away, too? Like you can no, so what, if you're looking at a mound of bone, you make an incision over the top longitudinally, pull the skin away on either side, kind of like opening the cover of a book, hmm. and then you start, start shaving that bone down. And kind of the art, the real judgment is, well, how much do you take at a time? How much, what angle do you use? How much force? All this kind of thing. And what it'll do is kind of, because it's bone and it's all rigid, it'll kind of lift up plates, and a lot of times they'll stay hinged on the inside. It's not like we're driving bone into the eardrum or anything. Um, so you lift it up, and then you kind of wiggle it, crack the hinge, slide the pieces out with our little alligator forceps. And that's, that's the general principle. That sounds rough. You know, I, was, I had this thought about, um, you know, people coming back to you and having bone growth. And they're like, yeah, I've been wearing plugs. And it's kind of like telling your dentist you've been flossing. You, yeah. know? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, talk, I don't Tell know why it happened. <laughs> I've been wearing my plugs. Tell them what they want to hear. Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't. You know, maybe it happens because of it. Maybe it doesn't. But, yeah. uh, I mean, if you're trying to do, be as conservative as possible, sure, wear plugs, keep the cold water out, or only surf in warm water, or never fall off your board. Or wear a hood. Worldwide, hood can help. Uh, yeah. Worldwide, are we seeing the same um, percentage of surfers that are – getting bone growth in their ears? Any place there's cold water. So, you know, Australia, South Africa, Northern Europe. Um, you know, I think you, you're aware. I mean, surfer, surfing is expanding. Yeah, people, are, right. people are surfing Norway, Iceland, Alaska. Alaska. Yeah. Um, you know, there have been those videos of people surfing the calving uh, glaciers. Um, you know, that's got to be cold. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about COVID for a second. Uh, COVID, okay. obviously, we, we were struck by, hit by. Um, how did, you, you being an ear, nose, and throat doctor, how did that affect what you would did you ha did you get involved in COVID at all? Was it so? Generally, in the outpatient setting, they're kind of screening people because unless you have a serious health condition, we don't want to go in and spread it around on the patients and the staff and that kind of thing. So they're kind of screening people. So if, if you turn up COVID positive, you're not coming in for some casual reason. Right. There were there were patients that I treated and had to uh, do things with in the hospital. Some in intensive care unit patients we had to do surgeries on, uh, who are COVID positive, and you're you know wearing all the garb and being very very careful, personal protective uh, equipment, that kind of thing. Um, but uh, I mean, you got to wonder. Did, I mean give you, did the hospital give you an option whether you wanted to do that or not? Because it's obviously, you know, it's a f it's. I mean, it's I dangerous. I suppose some people might have taken that approach. I just said, somebody's got to do it. Might as well be me. Okay. Have you had COVID yet? Not that I know of. And actually, actually, I'm part of a study with the, the vaccine. So they look at antibody levels. We got a baseline before any vaccines were given, and then after every shot, what happens to those antibody levels? And so I've gone through the the series of the um, what was it, the Pfizer, and then I got a booster. And then they did another, my antibody levels are staying high after that last booster. And so I didn't have a second booster yet. And um, so as far as I know, I haven't gotten COVID. Are you going to get the second booster? Well, I'm going to see how these antibody levels go. Oh, you and are? If the antibody levels stay high, um, I'm going to hold off because I just want to, as part of the scientific study, we want to see uh, are these antibody levels going to drop over time or are they going to stay sustained? If they started dropping, then everybody say, okay, well, let's do the booster and then see what the antibody levels are after that. Should I get it? That's what I, I'm questioning whether to get another one. That's that's the uh, booster. Yeah. Well, you have blood clot issues. I have blood clot in my leg. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's uh, that's a good. But that wasn't that wasn't that didn't come about from from being vaccinated. Yeah. I mean I don't know if I can give you a pat answer, but I think you know the the numbers are kind of creeping back up again. Yeah. And uh, I mean if you're not being exposed to many people, which I can't imagine. I imagine you're exposed to lots of people. Yeah. Um, 
uh, or if had underlying health conditions, that kind of stuff. It kind of depends what category you want to put yourself in. Right, if you're right. very, very nervous about getting COVID, it might make sense to go ahead and get that second yeah. booster. Okay. Are we going to look at his ear now? Let's do it. <laughs> let's, you know, let's, let's use the other technology here. If we, can, if we can get the camera to show the yep. phone, because this, this is the Wi-Fi thing. You can use it with an iPhone. And again, you can get these on Amazon for, I don't know what they are, you probably maybe $30, $40. Okay. And uh, let's see if we have a live image here, first of all. I may have to wake this thing up again. Hang on a second. No, no rush, but no hurry. Oh. Are you a little nervous, Neil? I'm a little bit nervous. Because, uh, I mean, it's. Yeah, uh, well, we, we know you have a little bit of growth. I had to. Sur yeah, I think last time I saw him, he said, ah, Neil, did you. Uh, Do you wear plugs every day, Neil? No, I got this. Uh, no. I should. Yeah. Because we had the made yeah. by Justin Stack, Resting Stack. Stack. Yeah. We had, a, we had, a, uh, we yes. had custom made plugs. But sitting so in my, they're sitting in my, by, you know, my bed. Ta bedroom table. So you're the one who goes to the doc's office and say, "Oh yeah, doc, I've been wearing my plugs." <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've been, I've been. Okay, let's get a look here. Okay, so I'm gonna come in now from behind here. It's on your phone. And get this to work. It's on your phone. Okay, we're looking at the phone. Yeah, that's a little bit out of focus. The, it's in Neil's <coughs> ear. Well, there we go. Uh oh. Stop. Uh oh. TC, you know the doctor. There's been regrowth. TC, you know the doctor. <laughs> Neil, <laughs> you should take a look at this. Shut up. <laughs> You'll wear plugs. Anyway, let's get a look on the other side. Oh, oh man. Is, Doctor, what. the last thing needs commentary from him. Even Justin at Listening Stacks really disappointed in you right now. I'll tell you what. Oh, this one's golden right here. This one's good. Uh, we're, we're zooming it's in. It's got more of an opening. Yeah, yeah baby. Uh-oh. Uh-huh. Uh so you can tell this has a little more of a lag on the video than the... Well, we're also running on the Wi-Fi across the street. <laughs> it's a little slower. So there's some there. So what do you think? But your your right ear. Oh boy. Yeah. You know what? Hang on a second. <laughs> Hang on one second, Doc. So you what? have no right to say anything. <laughs> you have. But but my ear hasn't been chipped. Yours has. It's true. And you got bone growth. So, so what it comes down to is, is it causing problems? No. It's in, if it, you know, we don't worry about cosmetics. We don't care what it looks like, but is it causing problems? The no. main problem being water getting stuck in there. No. If it's not, you can live with it as it is. Yeah. And we don't have to worry about it. Okay. See, so I got a year off. So you feel better now? Yeah, I feel great. Okay. <laughs> Are you going to wear your plugs tomorrow? Okay. No. Okay. So he's that guy, Doc, huh? He, you're going to see him again. Maybe, maybe not. We'll see how he goes. How... How important is it for him to make an appointment with your office tomorrow to get? To <laughs> to get he's he's the one that has to he's the one that has to determine that. I can't tell him. Right. I, don't, I don't tell patients what they should or shouldn't do. It's right. like you figure out what works for you. I mean, I've had people who've had their ear blocked for six months and finally decide, yeah, maybe this isn't a good thing, and then they come in and you know, let's take care of that. Other times, you know, I've had people who we said ten years ago, man, you look like you're having a lot of trouble getting infections, water's trapping. You know, maybe you want to get that opened up. Nah, put it off, put it off, put it off. And eventually right. they decide, okay, let's take care of it. Right. So it's, it's, it's not cancer. It's not like right. it, it shouldn't be causing some horrible, horrible life-threatening condition. When you start reading lips, that's, that's when you need to go get, that's when you need to well, I mean, honestly, go get it done. Honestly, I wish I did it 20 years ago because it's been affecting my life yeah. right. for 20 years. Yeah. Right. You know, like I said, in I side plank in yoga, right. one and I can't even do it, you know? Yeah. I, I'm the guy that Doc talks about in the shower. Yeah. I come out of the shower and I have a plugged ear. Yeah. And I can, I've can. i learned to, how to pull on my ear and how yeah. to stick my finger in there and pull the vacuum out. Like, I've over the years, I've learned a few tricks on how to get water out of my ear by pulling and yanking on it. But I don't think that's helping my ear at all. Right. One, one, say one thing you want to be a little bit careful about. If you make a total seal, and like, you know, like a plunge or a... You know, you make a total seal and pull, you can actually create enough of a vacuum. You can pull on the eardrum. And there have been reports of people fracturing the little bones behind the eardrum. I mean, if you get a really <laughs> tight seal and then pull really hard. Um, so What's your phone number, Doc? You give me <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's getting worse by the minute over here. Let me tell you what. <laughs> you try and pass the buck on me. I know. Hey, I know I'm a poster child for surfer's ear. I've known that for, right. you know, for almost 40 years now. If we were in a, if we were, would you recommend, I mean, highly recommend for him to have the surgery? Again, I don't tell people to do it no. or not do it. They have to decide. It's like, if you're yeah. having problems, I mean, it'd be one thing if you say, you know, I'm having pain and I just don't, I'm afraid of surgery. It's like, well, we can get you through the surgery. Let's solve some problems. Mm -hmm. Let's get you hearing. Let's let the water flow. Let's let you, let you get back to doing what you love is what it is for a lot of these people. I mean, people, 
stop surfing because their ears get in so much trouble. And we'd like to be able to not let that be an impediment. Right. That's I mean, I'm, I'm the poster child of that you are. thing. And then last time we had you on the show, I was having some terrible ear problems during that window. And you, you helped me out. But uh, I, I, I mean, I'm ready. You know, I've been saying that now for a few years. I'll, I'll leave yeah. it up to you. Yeah. You and decide. so it's it's something but that I think I need to also do. Also, uh, preventive, ma- uh, pre- preventive maintenance is not, you know, Q-tips are no good. We talked about that the, before. The key with Q-tips, and yeah. I probably uh, maybe I shouldn't go on record as saying this, but there are there is a safe way to use Q-tips. Although if you look at the Q-tip the official Q-tip box on the side, it says "Do not place in ear canal," because we all see people that have taken a Q-tip and somehow put it through their eardrum. Right. Well, with a lot of bone growth, you're not going to get the Q-tip in far enough to do that. But the eardrum's only an inch down inside. So the the safe way to use a Q-tip: grab it where the cotton meets the stick with your fingertip, just that little cotton instinct you had, about a half inch, to go in and just kind of twirl it and outer stuff. That's totally safe. But it's when you st- some people's technique is put it until it hurts, and that's when they're getting close to the eardrum and risk damaging it. Oh, I saw something on social media about this. Uh, it almost looks like something you'd use in a d- clogged drain. There's all sorts of little devices, like, like screw devices. Yeah, you screw in there and pull out. But I looked at that, and I thought, wow, yeah. that's sketchy. Well, again, any of the stuff you're doing blindly is kind of an issue. So that's why I like these cameras. If people want to you know, spend a little bit of money, have one of those at home. Look in your own ear. See what's there. Because there's plenty of people that think there's all kinds of stuff in there, and there's not. Mm-hmm. There's totally clean. They're self-cleaning. It's not a problem. And other people that are kind of surprised, oh, there is a big chunk of stuff here that's blocking your hearing. If that comes out, oh, you're hearing better than you have in months. Um, so to be able to look inside can be a useful thing. What about the one where you light it on fire? <laughs> yeah. The, the, ca- the candle. candle. Yeah. Let's, yeah, let's talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of a popular thing here in Santa Cruz and in some circles. And the concept is you have this kind of, I think it's a linen coated with wax. And it looks like a, the cone from like a cotton candy, mm-hmm. you know, kind of that sort of shape supposed to stick it in somebody's ear, light it on fire, it's supposed to create a vacuum to extract stuff out of the ear canal. And other, another comment I should make is the volume of a typical ear canal is about a sixth of a teaspoon. It's not a very big area. Hmm. And so what people will do, put these things in, light it, and then they see this stuff and they assume it came out of their ear. Well, I had a patient who was going to have that done. I said, you know, come by the office, we'll take a picture before you go. Have it done, come back, we'll take a picture after. So they went and had it done. The person who, the practitioner who did this never looked in their ear before or after. Uh, I think they paid $80 cash, and they told them they needed two more treatments. And they showed them this blob of stuff that they had. Look at all the stuff that came out of your ear. Well, the pictures tell a different story. Prior, the ear canal really looked pristine. There was a couple little flakes of wax, not much there. Afterwards, there was all this soot kind of lining the skin, covering the eardrum that had come from the candle or the, the comb mm-hmm. down into that area. So the wax that was there hadn't budged, and the stuff they were showing them did, came from the wax from the uh, candle, not from their ears. So you're uh, as an expert, you would not suggest candles. No, I mean I think some people can get a benefit from it. There's a couple things. It sometimes creates a bit of a warmth, and just being able to lay down and relax in the middle of the day with somebody showing interest in your problem mm-hmm. is yeah. a nice thing to do for right. people. But as far as being an effective way of getting wax out, uh-uh. uh-uh. Is there something on the market that? Uh, that is that would help people that would have ear issues similar. You mean in terms of wax? Yeah, wax buildup. Mm-hmm. So the kind of things that are out there, there's a product called Debrox, D-E-B-R-O-X, which is basically I think hydrogen peroxide with some glycerin designed to kind of soften wax. Um, there's something the Murine company puts out, Murine Ear Wash Kit. It's kind of again some softening agent and then kind of a syringe uh, thing to kind of flush. The challenge with this stuff is a lot of people that I see that I'm taking wax out in the office. This stuff is stuck. I mean, you can soften it, but it may not budge. It may just kind of sit there stuck to the wall. And you're thinking like that black stuff in my ear, right? That's the kind of stuff that yeah, you, I mean, it's hard yeah, to get I out. I mean, that would probably be a challenge for you to get out. I mean, if mm-hmm. you put a Q-tip in, you're just going to push it further in. If you try to hit it with hydrogen peroxide, it might soften, but still kind of stay stuck right there. So mm-hmm. after the show, we can go up and take that out of there if you want. Well, I remember a couple of years ago, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> he, 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 it looked like a cockroach came out of my ear. <laughs> I mean, it was insane. And, uh, and so, and you, like you said, who knows how long when you get when it gets black and petrified it's like that? It's been sitting there for a while. Yeah. yeah. What uh, since you've been coming on the show like I would say six let's say six years? What's changed in technology for you? I mean, other than, other than the uh, this kind this of camera stuff, stuff, the camera stuff. Um, in the op, you know, in the operating room, the things we're doing in the operating room, the instruments haven't really changed that much. There's some little things revolving, little minor stuff. Um, I think there's probably a little more awareness in the surfing community. I think the word's kind of getting out there. I mean, you know, all the surf shops are selling earplugs. Um, whether the you know new surfers are picking up on that, I don't know. I mean, the youngest person I've had to operate on for this condition was 14. Hmm. So, but that's that's a real outlier. I had a 14-year-old, a 16-year-old, a 17-year-old, and everybody else has been 20 and up. And the more typically, people are in their 30s and 40s. Well, we're seeing four-year-olds out there surfing now, you know. So, 
it goes back to what you're saying. It's yeah. They spend your time in the water. Yeah. There's so we'll see how, how, yeah. how young it trickles down. To um, we talked about docks, pro plugs. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there any other plug that is the hot out that you would suggest? I always tell people they need to kind of try things for themselves because everybody has a slightly different shaped ear, and you know you got to kind of see what works for you. Um, there's a spectrum of things. There's everything from like the silicone type ones that are moldable. Uh, but they tend to kind of fall out unless you wear a hood with them. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a series of phalanged ones, but if you have a big bone growth, these earplugs may bump up against the bone growth and not seat very well. Um, so we give a, give a shout out to Justin from Rutgers. Well, yeah, he's got custom plugs. The, custom I mean, plugs. honestly, I, you know, he, uh, Justin made, uh, you have a pair yep. too. Yep. And he made They're Neil great. and I a pair, and I have to admit, with the, um, with the uh, what's the patch he puts in it? It's made out of uh, Gore-Tex. The so membrane. The membrane, yeah. 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 And yeah. so people who are concerned, I could not believe how well I could hear right. with those plugs in. Always been a problem to me. I am a, uh, a very social surfer, and it used to drive me nuts that I would sit there and, and hear just mumbling out in the water, and that's why I never wore earplugs, okay. is that I didn't like how I couldn't communicate or listen, and um, and it almost felt like I was in a snorkeling underwater sometimes. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, it varies, you know, it can affect the experience, and some people just can't stand that, so. But the, right. those, that, Gore, that Gore-Tex membrane, and... Uh, I mean, they're not they're not uh, the cheapest plugs. They're probably a, a close to two hundred dollars for a set, um, but you can get insurance on them, and he will keep your mold on file, and he could replace them. But they fit so well that they don't come out. Yeah, they don't come out. yeah, yeah. Comfortable. Yeah, and that's right up here, and we'll give him a shout because yeah. he is yeah. a supporter of the show, and yeah. he's on the corner of Capitola and Forty First, right, right here, right and behind on, the Chevron station. Yeah, right, right here in uh, in Santa Cruz. Yeah. Actually, yeah. that's Capitola right there, but it's a great product. Yeah, yeah, and so. And do you wear yours swimming? In a pool? Yeah, because no. you, you're not swimming anymore? Well, no, in a pool, it's not cold enough to be, for it to be a problem. Ocean. I mean, in the ocean? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I, wear them, I wear them out in the ocean. Hmm. And if I'm out there, I mean, I do a little stand-up paddling, and I wear them for that. I tend to fall off. So, uh, but I mean, I don't want to have to have somebody chisel my ears out. No. Do you see surfer's ear? Because, I mean, I, I know people in cold temperature climates usually have a beanie. Their ears are maybe covered or have a hood. But is it just water that causes surfer's ear? Yeah, because what happens is the, the amount of the th- kind of the physics of all this, the thermal properties of a fluid compared to a gas, there's so much more uh, heat transfer, or, uh, energy transfer with a liquid than there is with a gas. So you can have, we don't see it in Eskimos, we don't see it in skiers, snowboarders. It's really the water that gets in there on that thin, thin skin in the ear canal that sets this whole thing on. And you're not saying you have to be a surfer, you can be a swimmer. Kayaker, 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 kayaker swimmer, can get it. Right? Anybody that's spending you know, a lot of time in cold water. Okay. Yeah. Hmm, that's amazing. And um, I know we've talked about this before on the show, and people who haven't seen our previous shows. I mean, I met a guy here in the store from, I believe he was from North Carolina, that traveled across the country to have you take care of his surfer's ear. And are you still seeing people traveling from far away to come and have you yeah, take I've care of Yeah, I've got, I think in, in a couple of weeks, I've got somebody coming from Hawaii. I've got a kayaker coming from Colorado. Um, I think all told, we've had people come from 26 states and 17 foreign countries so far. Wow. And again, you know, I'm, I'm tr- kind of trying to get these other surgeons in these other parts of the world and other parts of our country to, to adopt this technique so people don't have to resort to that. And you were traveling, doing seminars and coaching other people. Are you to still doing that? 2018, 2019, before COVID. Yeah, I'd been to South Africa. I'd been to Australia. Um, and I've given talks in England, Ireland, Portugal, Spain. Um, surgeons have come from France, Germany, Japan um, to see what we're doing here. Hmm. Um, so it's, it's, it's really, I mean, it really is an international condition. Right. And some of the principles we're using for this are also applicable to other types of ear surgery that are, um, you know, being done everywhere. Uh, right. Other types of operations that are done down the ear canal. So and, and the tools that you were, um, you know, so, so importantly involved in the, the creation of for y- the surgery on the ear, those are available to these other surgeons, yeah. I guess. And then you... Yeah. Is there coaching or is that, I mean, is that... Well, if somebody's trying to learn a new technique, I mean, I've published things in medical journals on this, but I think when you're trying to pick up something new, there's a lot of nuance and there's a lot of fine points. And I'd I'd almost rather have somebody come and, you know, watch me, spend some time with me, discuss it and talk about uh, some of that nuance. With the new technology, like like you've shown up Uh us today, can can a uh, a patient, you know, a new patient take a recording of 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 his or her eardrum and send it to you and go. They could, yeah. What do you think, Doc? Do you sure. <laughs> right? At least have a look. Um, yeah, I mean, these things, uh, all this stuff lets you make either still images or videos. 
And I mean, it's, that's telemedicine. Um, and yeah. I've, actually, I've introduced these cameras to Australia and South Africa. And in a place like uh, South Africa, there was one ear, nose, and throat doctor that was responsible for like a million people over a large geographic area, and they had wow. outlying clinics. So in a situation like that, it was ideal. They would see people like, well, let's take pictures of the hole in the eardrum, or right. I don't know what this is, let's take a picture and send it. And as opposed to, well, this person has to travel for hours and hours and be off work and, and all the expense involved in that kind of stuff. So this kind of stuff is fabulous for them. That seems like it's kind of the norm. I mean, I'm a Kaiser patient nowadays. It's, I, most of my medical stuff is online now. You know, it's yeah. it's really interesting how the change is right now. And are you seeing more of that, too? I mean, Neil just described a perfect scenario. Yeah, I think it, in terms of, you know, people can ask access their records online. and There's more and more of that kind of stuff. I mean, all this electronic health stuff, there's it's still got a ways to go because the Kaiser charts don't necessarily show up at Sutter or Stanford mm -hmm. or UCSF. And, you know, so these things need it's getting better and it's getting better all the time. Um, but that's where things really have to integrate. The, the communication is better between you and your doctor, d by yeah, emailing back and forth and that and kind of stuff. Like right. Yeah. I mean, I've, with my blood clot, I've, it's been it's been very helpful. Yeah. Is yeah. there um, a risk involved with this surgery? Is there hearing loss potential? There's a risk with every surgery. I mean, the first thing you start up is anesthesia. It's a general anesthesia. You're totally asleep, so you want you know, make sure somebody doesn't have bad heart problems or lung problems or kidney problems or something like that. And then there's important structures all around where we're operating. So the, the, ear, uh, the um, jaw joints in front of the ear canal, uh, in the back is what's called the mastoid, and that has a nerve going through it that goes to your facial muscles that makes your facial muscles move. Um, you've got the eardrum down at the bottom area where you're working. You're trying to protect all the skin. Uh, there's always a risk of infection. Um, so there's, yeah, there's all sorts of things that could happen. Mm -hmm. And obviously, we're trying to be very careful to avoid any of those kind of things. But undoubtedly, somewhere in the world, so somebody has suffered those. You have to tiptoe around the old eardrum. Right? You want to protect the eardrum. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we're, we're, a lot of these things we're talking about is like the, the tolerances are submillimeter. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we're looking through a binocular microscope, high magnification, and just being very, very precise. Yeah. You know, and, and, and while you mentioned that eardrum, I mean, I hear uh, stories often from surfers that have uh, ruptured eardrums from just falling yeah. on the surface of the water. And I mean, is that common? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, people commonly report that. I mean, and, and I, I can't tell exactly what force requires, but if you fall just right and that water gets channeled up the ear canal, yeah. um, you can pop the eardrum. A lot of, fortunately, a lot of times it heals on its own, doesn't have to anything done. Mm -hmm. um, but that's another reason to wear an earplug. I mean, you can keep that from right. happening, protect that area. And it's also prime for infection, isn't it, once you do get water past the eardrum? Oh, yeah. That? I mean, if you get, you know, ocean water is not sterile, so if it goes through that open and gets behind the eardrum, you could set up some chronic infections down inside there. But apart from the fact that when it first happens, you're going to be horribly, horribly dizzy. Mm -hmm. um, that I had that. I got slammed down here. Uh, just a 30 minute slammed down. And I felt that water just go. I felt like I was getting punched. I felt like I got punched in the ear. Mm -hmm. it yeah. Painful. It was painful. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a protected area for a reason. Yeah. It's very, very sensitive in there. And how long um, is the procedure to do one ear? So what I typically tell patients is my operating time when we're actually ready to start the operation until I'm completed with that ear, hour, hour and a half. The fastest I've ever done one of these was nine minutes. I had a guy who had this big knob kind of blocking his entire ear canal, couldn't see anything behind it, and we took that out, and there was nothing behind it. It was a totally wide open ear canal. That was a surprise. Most people aren't that way. Usually yeah. it's like both of your ears. There's multiple knobs, and mm -hmm. you have to deal with all that. Um, and it, when I was first sure to do these, it took longer. I mean, I've gotten better. I've gotten faster at it. So you guys have meters? I mean, to see how long it takes, like a taxi, like a taxi. Press the button and meet the guy. The guy with nine minutes is bill you know, I, I think everybody, everybody <laughs> in the operating room except me gets paid by the minute. Uh, <laughs> I don't get paid by the minute; just kind of a flat rate. So right. whether it's a hard, long thing okay. or a quick, fast thing, it's yeah. kind of the same. All right. Well, you've been doing this since the late '80s. Yeah. How 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 much more? Late night. Well, yeah, yeah. I finished a residency training in '86. So how more? Yeah. How, much how much longer? longer? You know, I get that question about every day. Um, actually, somebody today was asking me about that. But you you know, still enjoy your work. Though. I think yeah, you still enjoy, yeah, enjoy what it. you're doing. But, I mean, patients ask that. I think the rumor got started somewhere. Hetzler's going to retire. You better get in there quick. Mm -hmm. And people come in and say that kind of thing. And I said, you know, I have no plans. I don't have any definite timeline or anything like that. I said, am I looking old? Am I getting shaky? Do I need to retire? <laughs> they said, no, 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 no. That's not what we meant. Um, I still enjoy doing this. It's very gratifying work, and I mm -hmm. think I'm providing good service. And so well, I'm, you're I'm married. good for a few more years. There's another influence in your life. It well, might say, hey, buddy, <laughs> I want to go to Europe. <laughs> she's a surgeon, too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so maybe you're going to tell her. Busy. Yeah. Huh. You know what? And you're, you provide an unbelievable service to a lot of people. I, I think a lot of people yeah, can hear a lot of people, yeah. including myself, thank you for, you know, 
for a, well, and I think it, when I first started doing that new technique, I think there was almost like a backlog of people that had bad problems, but were so afraid of the operation where they were going to cut and peel and drill, mm -hmm. and just put it off, put it off, put it off. And so I think we've kind of gotten people beyond. Okay, that. let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. Would you, would you, if if the choices were the cut behind the ear, pull the ear back, would you do it? Well, no, and the reason I wouldn't is both of my older brothers had that surgery. And they both had complications from either healing or scarring. Would you go um, I would. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and, and honestly, it was funny as my brother Brian's a uh, PhD chemist and, uh, you know, very smart. And he, he had to get it done. He was having all kinds of urethic problems. But he said, hey, there's a new chipping thing. And so this was mid-90s. And I'm like, I'm going to wait. <laughs> go, okay, I'm going to wait. And I've always have said that. Now I think I've waited long enough. You've waited long enough. Yeah. 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 Well, I was going to say, you know, regarding that other technique, there are world-class ear surgeons, and that's their preferred technique. Okay. And these are people I highly respect. They do great work. But they, I think they have kind of a blind spot in this because what I've seen written in the literature when these people have published is said, well, you know, we make the cut behind it. Yeah. But it, it makes it easier for the surgeon. Mm. It's like, well, but it used to make it easier for the surgeon. We make big filleting incisions on the knee or a big midline abdominal incision. And now we're, they're doing arthroscopic, laparoscopic. We've got an opening. Just know how to use it so you don't damage all this other stuff. And so that's the message I'm trying to get out to other ear surgeons. That's why I go and give talks. And I you know, go throughout the world and try to get this word out there. Because I think you know, there are people that have had to travel a long way because they don't want to be subject to that other operation. Yeah. I feel like you um, are... are uh, your style of chipping the bone out of an ear canal is so precise well, and, and cleaner. Well, Whereas I feel like the other one, you could almost do it with blinders on. Just stick the drill in there. Well, and, and it's interesting. If you go back over the history of this operation, back in the 1800s, there were surgeons in London who got into a kind of a uh, contest about who could do it faster. And they had a foot-pumped treadle drill that had a series of pulleys hooked up to the <laughs> ceiling, and they you know, tanked the patients up with alcohol, and they've got reflected light coming through the window. And these guys got it down to 20 minutes. And basically, it was, it was kind of like a drill press system. They weren't protecting any skin. Mm -hmm. They were just kind of grinding their way down. Ugh. They hoped they stopped before they got to the eardrum. Um, but yeah, 20 minutes. Well, I can't, I can't do it in 20 minutes, but I'm protecting right. the skin and giving the patient But they're literally using like a DeWalt drill, pretty much, right? Is uh, it a Electric drill, you know, high speed mm -hmm. with little flant, you know, little uh, tips. Yeah. His way sounds much. I mean, for the, for a layman person like you and I, right? You gonna, which way are you going to go? You're going to take the, 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 the right. method. Well, the other thing I would say is, I mean, like, you know, I've got some videos out there about you know what this technique involves and that kind of thing. Um, but there's, I mean, there's places where I could show you. I can get this like particularly on the top side. A lot of times these little lumps form on the top. I can get that out in 30 seconds. And it would be so hard to get that out with a drill because it's mm -hmm. such a tight space. You're going to tear up the skin. Don't hit the eardrum. It, it just makes total sense. I mean, the way I've said it is that if somebody took the chisels away and said, I had, you've got to use the drill to do this operation, I'd refuse to do the operation. Hmm. I just wouldn't do it. Wow. That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, and because you're going to damage the skin at the bottom of the ear, that basically doesn't have any damage at all or any bone well, growth, you just, right? You, want, you just want to put, I mean, you get that thin, thin skin. It's paper thin. It's like wet tissue paper when you're doing the operation. Right. Protect it. And it's going to heal great. If hmm. you tear it up, I mean, there are people who do the operation with the drill and say routinely, you're going to have to put a skin graft in there. They're going to take some skin right. from your arm or your leg, patch it in because we tore this area up with the drill. Hmm. And it's like, you don't need to do that. You know, I was going to ask you one thing because my right ear is my worst ear, like many here in Santa Cruz. Neil's the same way. My right ear itches a lot. Is that normal? Is that something that's common? That could be some of that waxy stuff down inside there. So okay. let's get that out and see if it helps. It's hairy, too. It is hairy, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, and it's <laughs> interesting. Sometimes people, if they have itchy ears, sometimes they think, well, i got to get a Q-tip in there. It must be some stuff I need to clean. Mm -hmm. And what happens if you strip all the wax out of the ear, it dries out the skin, which can cause more itching, so it can be counterproductive. Mm. But sometimes there is some stuff there. In your case, we'll right. get it out and see if it helps. Huh. Interesting. Can we yeah. get it out now? Or you have to you go to <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 I want to use the microscope. <laughs> 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 we can just lay me across the table. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's interesting. Um, next time we do a show, we're going to do it up your office. Sure. Okay. That actually would be cool. Can we do that next time? Uh, as long as I get the powers of the bee to go along with it. Yeah, 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 for sure. yeah I think that'd be very if cool. Not, be, yeah, we'll, do it here. well, I mean, then we could see the tools. Yeah. You know, and then we could share some of the things that you had, yeah. you know, an integral part of actually designing and sure. sharing with surgeons around the world. Yeah. Um, do you still have people that you've trained? Are you still in contact with these people? Yeah, so there's uh, a guy came from Japan actually three times to visit, and he's become like the, the guru in the Pacific. And so I think people are actually coming from Australia up to him. And he is in, he was in Miyazaki, I think he's in Osaka now. Hmm. 
um, I might as well drop his name, Haruka Nakanishi. Haruka Nakanishi. He's, he's a surfer and a hmm. skateboarder and a Harley Davidson rider. He's an interesting guy. Oh, wow. That's and he, cool. he enjoyed his time here in Santa Cruz. He was yeah. up at the Scotts Valley Skate Park and went out to the Hook and had a good time. Good. Wow, that's, that's cool. really and cool. And there's a yeah, guy who's in um, Bordeaux, France. Um, there is a guy who, a couple guys in England, in, uh, in Cornwall. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And are people traveling to those guys? I mean, you said Australians are going to Japan. Similar to what people are doing yeah, here I in think, America? Yeah, you know, it's, it's, there's so much word of mouth with this. Kind of like when I first started doing what I was doing in 1998, within a few months, people were showing up from San Diego. It's like, well, how'd you even hear about this? Mm -hmm. Well, guys were talking about it in the water. Yeah. So I'm sure the same thing happens over there. You mm -hmm. know, people talk. Mouth. Yeah. Well, I, I, I think, I mean, in, in the mid-90s, my family was talking about it. You know, yeah. so it, it, that it's that obviously surfers hang out with surfers and they talk about surfing in their ears situations. So, sure. of course, that's what's going to happen. But I think it's amazing. Uh, the recovery is shorter, cleaner. Does it matter? You know, with like in Neil's case, if he had it drilled or he had it chipped, would it, his growth come back at the same rate? You know, that I can't really say because I'm, you know, I'm seeing other people that have had their ears drilled and then we're having to go back into them a second time. Probably about, you know, like I said, maybe 5% of my patients have had to go back into a second time. Um, so I can't really say one or the other would tend to make it last longer. I think, obviously, the more bone you take out, uh, the longer it should take for things to grow back and be a problem. But you've got limits on all sides. You can't just go on, 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 on until you hit something right. you don't want to hit. Mm -hmm. So you've right. got you to use good judgment there. So you got to stop at some point. But, um, yeah, th that that's steady realizing been done, and it would be a hard one to do just because there's so much variability in growth rates. What's what's this this what you printed out here? What's this going to do with this? Is this happening? The no, same I brought time? some other. I brought some other things along in case we have time. Yeah. Um, there's some other things that people I think need to be aware of with ears, and one of the things that we have time to do it. Um, there's some great iPhone apps that are free. Okay. And uh, the first one is called Hearing Test and Ear Age Test. It's a freebie. Hmm. And on, on so if you want to do your own hearing test, mm -hmm. and you can put in earbuds or you know your pieces, go someplace really quiet. And the interesting thing about this one is it goes to does an ultra high frequency testing. And the interesting thing about that is when we're born, we hear up to like 20,000 cycles per second. The usual hearing test only tests up to 8,000 cycles per second. And those ultra high frequencies are sort of an early warning system. If you've been to a bunch of concerts, had some hearing loss, you may not hear the high frequencies as well as somebody who hasn't had that kind of noise exposure. And I was going to see if we could try to do a little test here in sure. just a second. No rush. Make this happen. Is there any correlation to loud music and surfer's ear? No. Okay. No, the music doesn't do it. And let's see. Let me get bring this thing back up once more time. He fell asleep. And that's called hearing test and ear, ear age, age test. test. Got it. That over there, and then let me try it again. Hearing hearing test and ear age test. And that is a free iPhone. Yeah, in the in the Apple Store. Get the Apple Store? Yeah, the yeah. app, the App Store. Yeah. Check that out. Okay, here we go. Okay, here we go. Oh. Hmm. You hear that? Yeah, that's six thousand cycles per second. Kind of work our way along here. Seven thousand. You hear that? Mm-hmm. Eight thousand. No. I got it. Nine thousand. You can hear that? Oh yeah. Got it. Nope. I got it. 11, Come on. I hear it. It's really high pitched. 12, Barely. 12,000. I can still hear it. You can? That's 13. 14,000. Gone. We're going to keep going. 15. There may be some nope. people out there that can hear this. Now 16. 17,000. Nope. Can you hear it? No, I can't. Once, once you, once yeah. Whatever your highest pitch is, that's, that's Neil, you, you lost it really early. I know. Yeah. And then 20,000 cycles per second. So there may be some young people out there that can hear that. I can't hear it. No. I think I stopped at 12,000. Yeah. So it, what happens, the way our ear is built, the way our ear is built, the cochlea, this little spirally thing where the uh, nerve hear, uh, nerves are, and the outer part is where the high-pitched nerve endings are. And as you go inside, it's kind of the low-pitched nerve endings. Like, it's kind of like a piano keyboard spiraling around there. And so those high-pitched nerve endings hit the en get hit with the energy first, and so those get killed off. So everybody loses high-frequency hearing before they lose lower-frequency hearing. Interesting. And how much you lose is sometimes a function of how much loud sound you've been around. 
And uh, again, just kind of an interesting thing. People get the app, you know, well, hearing test, ear age test, play around with it. Yeah. See you in the family's got good hearing. And you can also monitor over time. Also to be aware of, you know, the volume of things you're getting exposed to. I mean, loud sound damages our hearing. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, uh, I mean, there's a lot of things that can sneak up on people. I mean, if people have the earbuds in, have a little personal concert going, they can do damage to their hearing if it's too loud. Obviously going to concerts in general, power tools, firecrackers, uh, driving in the car with the sound really loud, all that stuff can take a toll on our hearing. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, uh, I, I went to a concert recently, and my ears were ringing for like a day and a half. You did some damage. Right. And so yeah. that's not, don't do that, right? Is that? If you're concerned about preserving your hearing, you don't want to do that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Because when you, those nerves don't come back. I mean, it's sort of like they're stunned, and you know, you may have the ringing. Some of these people hearing feels a little, feels a little dampened that they come out of the concert. But that's a sign you're doing damage, and it's not going to come back. And it's mm -hmm. almost like a public health issue, because um, my wife and I were at a concert at SAP, uh, or in San Jose, you know, indoor arena, thousands of people, the place is sold out, and I've got a, a, a thing here that lets us measure volume, and it was measuring 115 decibels. 115 decibels, according to some of the uh, data, says that you shouldn't expose yourself to that kind of sound volume for more than 30 seconds, or you start risking damage. So what, what part is SAP Center responsible for that? Well, I mean, like any public venue, I mean, they haven't really taken that kind of thing on. I mean, a lot of these places will have earplugs if you ask for them. And I'm at an event like that. I've got earplugs in. I'm handing them out to people around me. Hmm. In fact, I, I asked one of the ushers if they wanted earplugs, and they brought me earplugs because they couldn't hear what I said. Um, but there were undoubtedly thousands of people there that night that had hearing damage from that. Whether that was a lasting permanent thing that they noticed or not is a different matter, but you do that kind of thing repeatedly. Uh, Justin Timberlake. Justin hmm. Timberlake, that loud? So um, somebody who's listening, if they go to a show and they realize, oh, my gosh, you know, I historically would look for trash to put in my ears. I mean, uh, anything, you got. yeah, anything, um, cigarette butts work great. You know, there's, there's seriously, when yeah. you're, when you're in a venue yeah. and you got to do something, mm -hmm. uh, just Stick anything, something. anything you can get in there, yeah. you know? So the next thing we're looking at is this, which is a sound level meter, again, free iPhone app. And that measures decibels. And this one, one that's been shown to be very accurate because it's put out by a federal agency, National Institute of Occupational Safety and Health. So it gives us kind of a spot reading here. So normally when I'm talking, I'm around 70 decibels. You see kind of jumping mm -hmm. up and down a little bit. Decibels are a logarithmic scale. So every three decibel increase is a doubling of energy. So when you start getting up to big numbers, you're getting huge amounts of energy. So let's try, let's put the microphones down. Everybody yell right now. <laughs> that was pretty good, 111. I saw 111. Yeah. yeah, that's a lot. So if we kept that up for a while, that would yeah. be bad. <laughs> Interesting. So then, so the next thing I've got here is, you know, they come up with these, da these data things. Go ahead. It might be protective. It might be protective. Hey, yay. I'm suffering. I'm You're suffering. suffering. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, so, they, so there's this NIOSH. So they have these, these limits, and this is like set up for people in industrial settings. Like, if you're going to be exposed to you know certain volumes, they're going to say like in somebody like a, a working in a place for eight hours, 85 decibels is okay. Every three decibel increase, cut the time exposure in half. So say you're going to a concert for two hours, they're going to say that should not be much above 91 decibels. Wow. And every concert you go to is going to be louder than that. Yep. So an hour, 94 decibels. Wow. And you know, and then, uh, down at Watsonville Speedway, they're over that at 100, 100 feet yeah. from yeah, the cars. Sure. It's yeah. over that. Okay, so now for the audience participation. So how long do you think you should be able to expose to 100 decibels? Uh, like 30 uh, minutes? So, so I'm going to say I'm going to say 5 minutes. And the answer is Wow. 15 minutes. Wow. Wow. Okay, so now we're, now we're going to step it up. I mean, I already told you this, but we'll go over this again. Say 115 decibels. How long should you be limiting your exposure to that? 5 uh, uh 3 minutes. I'm going to say 5. 30 seconds? <laughs> and how loud was Justin Timberlake, you think? Part, it was 115 decibels, sustained. The whole time. Yeah. And the other thing to keep in mind is that you could have the best earplug in the world. You still absorb sound through your skull. So you could still have nerve damage occurring even with the best earplugs really? in the world. It's like you'd almost have to have an enclosed helmet right. to keep that from damaging your ears. But, I mean, I, I feel like I came out of there with some protection. But any concert I go to, I've got... I actually bring along bags of earplugs to hand out to people because it's people don't, don't pay attention to that. And so some people, you know, they pay the big money. They want to feel the bass in the chest. They want that big concert experience, but their ears are paying the price for it. Okay. Wow, yeah. that's amazing. And you know, I, I feel like 
we're not educated enough in that yeah. as definitely. consumers. Remember, definitely. I went to a, took my son. He must probably ten at the time to go see Metallica, at <laughs> Candlestick Park, and we were clo- we got we got fairly close to the stage. As soon as they came out, did one strum strum of the guitar, you could just feel it go right yeah. through you. We w- I took him as far away as I could. Yeah. Wow. As far away as I could. Is okay, is there? You know it's, you know it's not. You just. It's not good. Well, and I've, you know, I've been at like wedding receptions where people are dancing with somebody's newborn baby, you know, next to the speakers, and it's like, oh, that poor child. Right. So I've got to point out to him that's not a good thing. Yeah. Is there a um, a law about sound at concerts? Not that I'm aware of. I mean, I, I thought Australia had some kind of things, that, you know, public health kind of things about mm-hmm. that at certain volumes. Um, in fact, it's at one point back in the 70s and 80s, I think some of the rock bands were competing to see who could generate the most right. sound. Yes. And they were like 135 decibels. It was that's, like that's Zeppelin, that I think, was the loudest. Somebody um, broke the record. Yeah. They Sabbath. Were up there. Somebody did. It's surprising did. to me that someone hasn't sued the SAP Center like for some lack of, loss of lack of hearing. Yeah, I don't know. Or well, or it, any, any 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 rock concert venue. I think it, there's a lot of self liability with concert tickets because you purchase a ticket and agree to those things. But it, it is amazing to me that you're risking public health over these live shows, um, where they should almost be handing you earplugs when you get into the show. Well, the question is, how loud does it need to be to have a great concert experience? I mean, I'd say I think it kind of degrades the music when it gets that loud. Yeah. People are you know, kind of cowering away and. It's just uh, it's just too much. It's not necessary. So. And no. and also too, the, uh, it's one thing at SAP where it's a big room, but you see some yeah. of these smaller clubs that have no control. And these bands, I mean, we've had bands here. Yeah. We've had bands here that brought these Marshall stacks. This is a small room, and they're bringing Marshall stacks in here and blasting our ears. So off. I mean, I'd say you guys ought to get you know. And any of the viewers, get the app, NIOSH SLM, that sound level thing, and start paying attention to that. You know, what kind of noise you're getting exposed to. Show that to. one more time, Neil. So if people, right there. Yeah. This one? The, that one right there. Everybody should get this on their phone. It's a free app, right? Free, free iPhone app. Yeah, I'm not sure what's out there for Android and other There's types of A little bit over here. There you go. Perfect. But, um, right there, guys. It's a freebie. Lift it up a little bit, Neil. And there you go. And start paying attention to volumes. I mean, just in your daily life or if you're in these extreme situations. I mean, who knows, like, when the Warriors are beating Dallas. I mean, who mm-hmm. knows what kind of volume they're going to you yeah. know, generate yeah. there. Um, hey, I've been to some Warriors playoffs games that are probably hitting 100 easy Yeah. when the crowd goes well, nuts. Well, again, you know, the, the announcers are trying to, you know, provoke that kind of thing. They want right. to get the numbers up. And just so you guys on the podcast, that is spelled N-I-O-S-H-S-L-M yeah. on your uh, app store. Get it. Yeah. Use it. N-I-O-S-H. Okay, that's amazing. Wow, we learned a lot tonight, Neil. Thanks, Doc. Yeah, you know what's amazing, Doc? We've, you've been on here six times, and I we learn so every time. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, and I learned stuff from you guys too. What? Um, <laughs> how to uh, <laughs> how to run a, a skateboard store? I love it. Well, you know, it's um, it's a it's the surfer's ear part of tonight's show is so crucial to ear health for the people here in Monterey Bay, yeah. and yeah. there's some simple steps that you can do to take care of it. I love this. Uh, Amazon camera so you can get so yeah. you know I, I bet I bet only one out of ten surfers maximum have had their ears checked the live music is also important the, the sound you get from live shows and live yeah concerts. you got to pay attention to that kind of Doesn't stuff doesn't have to be the big it can be the Mose Alley the Catalyst can be well Neil you you stopped hearing that test yeah Way before nine, I did, I think about nine thousand yeah. something like yeah, that yeah I mean you were you were far before I did yeah. I could steer here loud yeah. And how about we pop that test up? Because the ear test is an important one. Uh, where was that? Right here, right? Yeah. The hearing, hearing test. test and ear age test. Again, that's an iPhone, free iPhone app. Another free that's app. The best, the best one I've found. I mean, there's a number of these things out there. That's the best one I'm aware of. That's and it. Actually, it's called hearing test and ear age test in your app store. So I tested that against our audio booth, you know, where we're doing, you know, standard yeah, High-end stuff. High-end stuff. And uh, it came out real well. So that's the best one I'm aware of. Interesting okay, stuff. Okay, who's wearing merch for socks tonight? Me. Eh? Doc's got them on. I love it. That's amazing. <laughs> not, not the most colorful ones I've got. But no, we uh, got colorful ones for you. Well, of course, Cindy, I, if you're listening, thank you for your yeah. support of the show. She also sponsored me at Skateboard Conscious she really Saturday. Yeah, and she supported that. Yeah. And so Merge 4 is a great local brand, and yeah. they're putting back in the community. So it's yep. great stuff. Uh, thanks, TC. Thanks, yeah. Doctor. Yeah, sure. Tomorrow night. Big show, big follow-up show. Yeah. Uh, so we had the no one. We had the no on Measure D mm-hmm. with Mark Masidi Miller, mm-hmm. right, friend of yours, uh-huh. right. And then uh, so tomorrow night we have the uh, the opposite, the advocate for yes on yes on Measure D. D. Yep. With Bud Colligan. All right, that's gonna be interesting. And, you know, I voted today. I actually voted 
on Measure D today. You did? Don't say. And I, I'm not going to say, but I did put my ballot in the official ballot box at Capitola Mall at the yep. Sears building. You can drive up there and drop it in the box. I'm going to do mine tonight. So I don't care if you vote yes or no. The most important thing is vote. Yep. Can and I make so, one brief comment? Absolutely. Yes. Real estate along the coast of California is very precious. Let's use it well. Uh, Wisely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I yeah. like it. Yeah, that's a good statement. Doc, thanks for coming by. Thanks, thanks for having buddy. me. Yeah, I mean, thanks you're doing so an amazing service. You're making uh, the surfers of our community's lives better. They're enjoying the ocean, and I hope that uh, you stick around. Let's get that stuff out of your ear tonight. Too. We like that. Thanks, <laughs> I appreciate <laughs> it. Uh, Neil, uh, anything else you want to mention tonight? I do want to mention something. Okay. <laughs> I will. All right. Well, everybody on Santa Cruz Ways, thanks for tuning in. Uh, if you're driving on the road, listening on the podcast, thank you very much. Both hands on the wheel. And uh, Doc, we'll see you soon. We'll get the latest updates soon. And uh, Neil, we'll see you tomorrow. See you tomorrow night. Good night, everybody.